Talk Podcast. My name is Carlos Smith, and today's episode is once by Charlene's Home Cooking on 1136 East Blackstock Road in North South Carolina. Charlene's Home Cooking is a family restaurant that cooks like grandma with fresh veggies, meats, cooked oil. We do a meat with two sides, meat with three sides, or vegetables along with sweet tea, Kool Aid, and lemonade. Cakes, pies, and cobbler are also available for dessert. She wants you to feel at home anytime you visit, so make sure you stop by on Monday, Thursday, and Saturday from 11 to 6, Friday and Sunday from 11 to 7. Everything is fresh and from the heart, and she would love to see you. So thank you, Miss Charlene, for sponsoring this episode of the Cross Line Podcast once again. So today, we have two special guests with us, two more entrepreneurs. I'm happy to, for them to be joining us and right now. We have the owners of Mr. Three's Crab Pot Bar and Grill, Mr. Rod and Renee Brown. How are y'all? Hey, thank you. Like, thank y'all for joining us. So just starting out for people, um, like I, I like to tell people, give people like a back story of how I found you guys. So um, usually I'm like doing a lot of at home, doing a lot of research and looking into things. And um, I happened to go on Black Enterprise and your article popped up. So I dove into it. And once I read it, I was like, I would love to reach out to you guys and get you on so you can kind of come on and share your story for people to hear. So thank you guys for joining us today. So starting out, can you tell us how did you get the um, start from Mr. Three's Crab Pot Bar and Grill? Uh, I mean, Mr. Three's Crab Pot Bar and Grill is actually the last one that we opened up. We have three locations. Mm-hmm. One in Charlotte, um, Mr. Three's Crab Pot Secret Takeout. Opened that up in 2016. Okay. Um, started out, um, came with an idea back in 2014, 15. Mm-hmm. To, um, Basically, just have a place, uh, not even a place, a trailer. Just to open the trailer. So, like, one crab leg, one crab leg plate, um, test out the market, see how it was, because we didn't have anything here. And you like traveling around the world. So, um, we didn't have anything here in Charlotte. So, instead of jump, jumping into the whole straight out the gate, I said, I want to test out the market. Right. So I thought the market got the trailer for the trail hour. And then um market on social media. Do a lot of marketing on social media. Right. And people started coming in. So what were you uh, thinking about doing a different business instead of seafood at first? Or what how did you end up choosing going to seafood route? Well, um, I mean we do real estate, so okay. that's what we do it anyway. Um seafood pretty much like so we traveled and then we were looking to eat it. So, so, yeah, we love cake and uh-huh. Right. Yeah, we were looking to eat it ourselves. There's nowhere really you could get like that. Like, I woke up one night and was like, oh, let's go get some crab legs. I was like, oh, everything's closed. Everything closed. So, Chinese buffet was the only place you get a crab leg at this time. Or get some crab legs. It's the only place where you go and still find it yourself. Um, but then it's like, that's pretty much where it came from. And nobody had anything that was seafood. That was another right. Yeah. No, they had like the commercial brand we all know about. That's everywhere. They never had anything that was really like seasoned seafood. You know, you just got it steamed or whatever, and it's plain with a side of butter. And that was a major thing too. We wanted to have something that was seasoned too that you can get. Mm-hmm. The story is uh, it's very new. It's kind of like the gentleman we interviewed um, last year, uh, Mr. Ken Walker in Columbia. He has a restaurant called The Twist, and he was saying um, down south, like we didn't have a lot of seafood restaurants, and how he ended up. You know, he, he tried different businesses and he said that he tried a hot dog saying he tried Chinese food and he kept failing until mm-hmm. he, um, his grandfather sent him to go get some seafood. Yeah. And down in Atlanta, he's like, man, this 
And he said he stood in line for maybe like two hours. He said seafood must be really big down here. So mm-hmm. he said, you know what? Let me bring that back to Colombia. Yeah. And once he did that, um, that's what made it stick for him. Just trying trying out different things. So for you, when when did you know that you know this was going to be like seafood was the the move to make in this area? Um, I mean, that idea pretty much I knew it was something like. That would be good to do. I was like, I said back in 2014, 15, mm-hmm. it was just that we were so busy doing real estate that we didn't really have time. We had like over 25, 30 properties. Wow. We yeah. old and working on it. So, and we were going to work, working our job at the same time. So it's like, we really had time for the restaurant. We didn't think, oh, let's open up the restaurant. Right. We never imagined that there was a restaurant there. Like, it wasn't like a dream that was like, oh, my dream is to go have a restaurant. It never was a dream. Right. Really, he when he say food trail that he thought of, we're talking about a small, it's almost like a little box, like a little hit trailer. So it wasn't nothing like we really thought. We just was like, oh, we just go do this, try it out, go get a little extra income. Like I said, we had the real estate. But when people started coming, like it was like lining up down the street. It was like, okay. Mm-hmm. And then we end up on the real estate for the building. So you would take the trailer to different locations and set up and... Yeah, that's how we started off, taking a different location, okay. taking the trailers, and then we ended up going to um, a church, and then that kind of was our permanent spot for a little while, and then people was like lining up at the church to the point where the church was like, just a church that I know, family member church, so they were like, oh, the smell, you know, the smell of the seafood was right. kind of get overwhelming for the church. Mm-hmm. So that's when we happened to find the building, like, oh, this is by the building, and, you know, get popular. Like did, did you have the, the trailer long before you... Um it's finally say it's time to get a building or how, how long was that process? Six months. Um, I don't know. Yeah, well, the trailer in December. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was like December 15. I bought the trailer. We bought the building in like February or January. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't a restaurant, so it took a long We didn't open at that time. You know, we yeah. just purchased the building. They had to take it took almost about nine months to renovate to make it become a restaurant. Wow. So for other entrepreneurs listening, when when would you tell them that you know it's time to, you know, expand expand your business? Because it seems like you guys I don't want to say it happened too quickly, but it seems like the the way everything sounded like it was just like one thing after another where it just rapidly just mm-hmm. took off. So when would you tell other entrepreneurs when it's time to expand their business if that's what they want to do? Yeah. Well, we tell everybody, go for what you want to do. But like a lot of people get it mixed up. They think, I'm an entrepreneur. Like, I'm not going to work anymore. We still, I was a registered nurse. He still had a job. We had 20 properties at the time. We were still going to work. Mm-hmm. And we was going like, I mean, we was like constantly moving. We got kids and we were still going, you know, for the food trailer. So a lot of people think, oh, this is my dream. I'm going to bake. I'm going to cook. I'm going to have a restaurant. We go quit my job, and that's why a lot of people fail. Mm-hmm. But now, the entrepreneurship, you need multiple streams of income. Absolutely. You need multiple streams. So, a lot of times people think entrepreneurship, you just go work by yourself. You don't work like that. It takes a while to build up. Thankfully for us, that we did have a little bit of income, you know, that we can go buy these buildings. But a lot of people don't have that income that is Right. So, we just say, let it fall into place. Some people try to move too fast ahead of. You know, their dreams just kind of come, just like following the place. And I, I think that's so key to what you said was that a lot of people, want to, when they become a true, they want to just immediately quit, quit. their job. Mm-hmm. And for me, I was I was kind of in that boat as well, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I still have my job now, but I was working two jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I want to at least let one of them go and, you know, kind of yeah. like go all in on this, which I still do this as well. So exactly. I always say, you know. Of course, you still have to take care of your responsibilities, make sure you can stay afloat. 
But still, a lot of times you can't. It is possible to get sidetracked. You know, you get work, you start working so much, and then you say, you know, I don't have time anymore. But you, yeah. and then you kind of get away from the ultimate goal. Exactly. So you definitely have to make sure mm-hmm. you sure you stay um, focused on on your goals. Yeah. So if we, do you do you guys still currently working jobs, or did you have to eventually did it come to a point where you just had to let them go and just focus on? Well, we had to let it go. Yeah, after a while, yeah, we had to let it go. But we worked for a whole year. We had a restaurant for a whole year before we was able to let it go. Yeah, because it was like it was too much because you go to your job like and then like a degree, what five o'clock in the morning, you leave from there, work, go to the restaurant, and go to the restaurant. Well, maybe go to the store, pick up stuff for the restaurant, then go to the restaurant, stay there, close up the restaurant at night, get up, go to sleep, and go back. And then if you had to work in a rental house, you had to go over there. Wow. Yeah, the rental house too. And I was so. leaving the restaurant at seven, going to work, getting off at three, so that way we could switch yeah. off with the kids and he can go to work at five. Right. So it just became too much. But we, we did it for a long. We did it for about a year. But explain that feeling for me because I uh, I know it, it has to be a good feeling where you you don't have to work a job because you have to. It's kind of like you want to do it, and then you, mm-hmm. because you know at jobs. You you really on that time. You have to be there when they want you to be there. You are gonna break when they want you to go. You have to ask request to get time off for for you guys. It was like you got to a point where we say, you know what, we don't really have to do this anymore. You can let go. How how what did that feel like to know that you were not relying on a job to take care of you anymore? Um, it felt good at first. It was a little bit scary because you know you had the insurance, so mm-hmm. it was kind of scared to lose that security. Right. So at first it was a little bit scary and um. Always better to you know bet on yourself anyway, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, like I remember the, the month that I did it, like, the sales I started going to the roof. Like, mm-hmm. like, for the month that I started doing it, so I worked out and then you can focus on the business like even more than this. Absolutely. But, I, mean, I still recommend anybody to stay at your job and build up your business. <laughs> Absolutely. How, how long did you, um, I'm assuming that you guys still are into real estate? Yes. How long How long have you been doing real estate? Um, we've been doing real estate for about 11 years. Oh, wow. About 11 years. Mm-hmm. Was it some, we got married. 
was it something that um you uh just how how did you actually get into it? Was it something like somebody approached you with it, or is it like you came up yeah. growing up uh, with family in the well, my, my mother has real estate. My brother that lives in Greenville too. He has a lot of real estate. So it was like when the market crashed, they had houses. I mean, like houses were under fifteen, twenty thousand. Wow. So we was there was houses everywhere. But you know, they wasn't in the not so good areas. We would say, you know, what people would say. Mm-hmm. But we, you know, we would go buy these houses. Some of the houses, seven, eight thousand dollars, we would go buy houses. You know, people like, I want the house in the ghetto, I want to deal with that. But now those houses, the exact same houses, and the same ghetto that they pretend they wouldn't deal with, mm-hmm. we can easily sell off our houses for $250, $300. Something. I wow. mean, easily, because they're prime areas. Because you know, most of the houses that were in, like, the urban area, our community, it was always by downtown areas. Mm-hmm. You know, that was always in, like, prime areas. So we just started like that. We were just, um, we wasn't scared. I know a lot of people are scared. And, like, some of the houses were actually scheduled for demolition. Mm. You know, a lot of people are scared to step out into those situations, but we weren't scared. Like, even if we, we bought a house, we might have been, might have been all the money we had to buy the house. We were going there to do the work ourselves. Wow. You know, we were going there late town. Back then, they used to buy those work on them, and they ended up getting rid of them. And then I look back at them, same house, they come like a million now. Like, wow. Hey, you know, we still would have kept the house. Like, I wish we would have kept it or passed on and everything. But, I mean, it's something you learn to get around it back then. Yeah. So you adults, or we get older, you just pick up and just run with it. Absolutely. That's why we didn't sell all of our, like, we couldn't sell it, but it was like, now women have something for, like, generations. Absolutely. So that's why all the races are able to get ahead because they have generations around. Need to sell, so I'd rather just have it for my children. That's an absolute. That's key. That, and that's something we talk about all the time. Is um, in our community, uh, and we talked about it in our recent interviews. Like we, we really don't have generational wealth. We don't own anything. You know? We, we don't have any of that kind of stuff. And that's something we need to, to get to. How, how, how would you suggest that we get start that process of you know, generational wealth? I think um, first thing is a thought process. Mm-hmm. Even doing those times, I think people that were getting. 10 11,000 dollars at the time income tax check. And I can tell them you can take that whole income tax check at that time, know what I was like. You can buy two houses. You can stay in one of them. Yeah, what's up? Like, you go buy one. Another one for 7,000 down here. That's the mindset. At the time, they was like, I'm going to pay off my car. I'm like, your car. You're never going to gain anything. As soon as you drop off the line, the car is going to depreciate. Somebody take that 11000 go stay in one of the houses, rent it out. You never have to worry about paying rent again. But it was, nobody did it, not one person. Now they can ask me, now I'm like, oh, I want to get in the real estate. I'm like, it's too late. It's a, you know, too late. The market is totally different now. Absolutely. It's, a, it's a whole mindset. And we were talking about refunds. Uh, I said refund checks. Like, yeah. still in school. Income tax checks. Yeah. It was like, you know, our people, when we get these checks, we go on trips, we go and buy cars, like you said, we just yeah. some money going, and then within a few weeks, we just back broke again. Yep, mm-hmm. back broke again. But um, something else in the article it said that you kind of noticed a lack of fresh seafood and low low income areas. Do you focus on, like, when you got the restaurant and, and as far as the real estate, for both of them, do you, do you focus on low income areas? 
Anything can happen within 30 years. No guarantee you're going to be around or no guarantee your job is going to be around. So it's like all that type of stuff factors into it. But for, for our low income areas, what would you say is like the biggest issue for our low income areas? Because I, for me, I appreciate, sorry to cut you off, I appreciate the fact that you create these opportunities for our people. You know, so they can have jobs. That way, it kind of it cuts down on crime rate, and it gives them a ch- chance to, you know, learn from you guys and pick your brains as well. So, what is your favorite thing about? Uh, what's the biggest issue that you see in our low income areas? I think it's like people knowing, like as far as like um, other things that they can do, mm-hmm. like things like uh, other jobs that they can work. Right. You could be a plumber. That's exactly what I was going to say for us. You know, we don't really see it's not glorified like entrepreneurship is not kind of like being as being cool. It's like we see things on TV, it's like you got to be an athlete or, or an entertainer and stuff, like something that you guys are doing. And, and we always say in school, they never really taught us about entrepreneurship anyway. Yeah, it's basically we just, you know, taught them um, make good grades and then go work for somebody else, not having, having your own. Is that something that you instill in uh, your family members? Sending my child to to learn business, pay sixty thousand to, to send my child to college to learn business for somebody else. I can just give them sixty thousand out of my pocket, and I can just teach them instead. Because a lot of times when we go to school anyway, the people that are teaching us, they don't even have a business. It's something they just teaching us. So it's like, how how are we gonna really learn anything? You know? For me, 
For me, I would say, knowing what I know now, I would rather just come work for you guys and learn from you so I can pick your brain. And, and I had this conversation with a young lady. She's, she's about to graduate in May. And she, she ran into a gentleman that owns um, a few McDonald's. And uh, she was uh, talking about, she wanted to, she works at a phone kiosk um, in Costco. And um, she was saying that she was telling the gentleman she wanted to make a dollar more. And I told her, don't worry about the money. But if I were you, I would go in and just pick his brain, just learn as much as you can from him because he has his business. You don't know what he can do for you. You know, you know who, he, who he may connect you with. It's an opportunity for you to uh, just learn and gain more experience and, and, and better your business because you're worrying about the dollar right now. That could be turning to millions in the future. So that would be the thing that I taught. That was my advice to her. But what's the biggest lesson that you try to give um, your employees when it comes to uh, business? Uh, I mean, I try to tell everybody, like, to do stuff after you get out of work. And so I'm not just, um, oh, come to work and then after work, oh, I got my check in, drink it or whatever you do. Right. And do something else with your money so that you can build up outside. But I don't like anybody to work forever, work here forever. And then I don't like, like, my thing, I like everybody to be able to be, um, give it a, be a boss and run it. Absolutely. Do you feel like that was a key for you with your family, you know, seeing them build houses? Because a lot of times, like we can get in the cycle of growing up, we see our parents just get up and go to work all the time. So we think that's normal in our yeah. brain. So we got, we think, we feel like we have to do the same thing as we get older. But was, was that something key for you, or seeing them build houses and different things like that? To say, you know what, um, instead of working for somebody else, I can kind of like do the same thing as well down the line. Um, I don't know. I mean, it didn't really like like back then. I really think of it like that because I was younger, mm-hmm. like, uh, 10 years old, and stuff like that. Um, it might have helped out, but when I was in school, uh, the schools I was going to, they would teach us like entrepreneurship and stuff like that along the way. So, like, when I started getting older and I go through experiences, I talked to like other people I know, like, yeah, just go start your own. So, that's that's pretty much what kicked it for me. It was like, start my own thing, not worried about um, having to depend on anybody else. To um, like, oh yeah, can you can do this, you do that. Like, even if I, let's say I was going to do music, oh, I'm going to do music. All right, well, that's not your own record label. Right. Not your own thing. Like, are, you, are you originally from down this way? Because I know for us, I know you say you're from Greenville, but yeah. to me, the it's like the mentality down south is a little bit different. It's like we we don't really see, you don't hear a lot of people talking about running their own businesses. Now it's more about, uh, Working for somebody else. Were you, were you from the South or? Well, I grew up in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I'm telling you, like, it's, we, we talk about it all the time. And I and I try not to use the word brainwash because um, when you say brainwash, it rolls people the wrong way uh-huh. and they get upset about it. We actually had this conversation a while back. But it's just like 
people down here are just so used to, to going to a job. And even now with us, at our job, we have people come up to us all the time telling us, man, you, you work at a, a, you have a great job. They give you great benefits. Mm -hmm. if, if I were you, I would stay there. Yeah. So that's what they tell us all the time. But in my mind, it's just like, man, to me, I mean, I would, it, it just doesn't feel fulfilling yeah. to me. So it's like, I, I know it's something great out there for me yeah, to have a bigger purpose. But, you know, that I like, yep. Go, once you get a degree, go get you a good job. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. once you get those benefits, you know, it's just it's like stay there. Yeah. Who, who would you say were your um, role models uh, growing up for both of you? My mom definitely was my mother. She, I did see her work when she first moved to Charlotte. Then she had a daycare. She had a daycare. Then she okay. moved to daycare center. And then she had a rental property. So um, she was very, very strict. <laughs> so she would push us to do things. Like even the first house, we was like, we just in there. We don't want to get no house. You know, it was too much going on. So we like, y'all going to get this house. So, and my father, he's the opposite. He's like, I don't get that house. That house brand new. It's very damn. So he's more like the greener mentality. So for me, I guess I would say my mother slept with her entrepreneurship because she's the last, she had a daycare for about 20 years. So, oh, wow. you know, I saw that for like the last 20 years and she was able to finally leave her job after like a year. Uh, for me, uh, I took my mother and father first. Yeah, I watched him. They said he worked in the house, but they worked at the same time. Worked jobs. My father um, he worked at uh, NYPD. 27 years before he retired. Um, and then, like I said, I just seen him work building houses, and work on houses, everything like that. Um, then, um, yes, cousins also. Yeah, I looked at them, and they, they would teach me like, a lot of stuff about like independence, doing it yourself. So, like, they, they had like uh, businesses uh, up here in New York. So, learned a lot of stuff from them. And then, um, Do you feel like as an entrepreneur, you probably put in more hours than what you did, like as an employee, since everything's the order, you more hands on, you feel like you put in more hours now? Absolutely. That's why I tell people, like, they think it's like, I'm going to work, I'm going to be a boss, I'm going to be able to do this. No, you put in way more hours than I ever did in my job. People think, like, they be looking, like, oh, yeah. you're a vacation, you're a vacation. Yeah. I'm trying to get you like you, but I'll be like, you got to put in work, like, you, yeah. you just, here. like, you can't just jump out and be like, oh, I'm going to do this. Like, I got, we wouldn't work the houses ourselves, we work the houses, stuff like that. Some people, like, you get work on top of work. You go to work, you leave, you work, you still have to work there. Mm -hmm. And things like that. People just like, I want to skip the struggle. Yeah. Absolutely, skip the struggle. Yeah. Oh, man, I pulled up. You mean pulling up? Yeah. Like, you don't work. You got to go through the, you got to go through the process. We started doing that travel, so maybe like two years ago, but before, like, you know, like, okay. Oh, well, yeah, but travel like travel now, like yeah, every month, like and after we have like having for you and not having to be here, but like like we told people like before we was like one point time like no, we gotta you know, we gotta get the hustle. Like we was working like all the time. We put in way more hours. Yeah. Like even with the real estate, like you buy the house, work the house and you bring it out and you court every month from tenant. During that time period we used to get a court every month, oh, man. dealing with them different stuff like so it's like all kind of stuff you go through that builds you up to that point so that when you look back you're like all right you go through it something from us nothing to do absolutely I, and i think i think it's so key what you said because today people don't see social media is a big problem 
because you see everybody posting like they're traveling, like they got all this and that, but really they don't. But it's like people that only see the outcome of things that are going on, they don't see like what all that you put into something. And I think social media is a big problem. Yeah, like yeah, these it's crazy but they just put on put on that front when did you guys feel like you were um kind of walking in your purpose um, I guess you feel like like this was more fulfilling to you as as far as you know like having your own you know um, being able to provide opportunities for others you felt like this was kind of like you walking in your purpose as opposed to you know just staying yeah. steady like getting getting in a comfort zone and just staying in a job. For me, it's about a year ago. For me, me as as being a job. I don't know. I don't think so it's, I don't know, I just always like never thought about staying in a job for like years, right. 30 years or anything like that. Like, I never ever thought about that. Like, even, like, yeah, like years before, I was like, I go start a business or whatever, different stuff. Like, I had a custom speaker business. Yeah, we had multiple businesses, and I didn't work out. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I had a custom speaker business and everything, but I never like, go, go, like I'm going to stay in this job forever. Yeah, and I your focus is with, um, yeah, and like I said, down here it's different because our we talk to people all, even at our job. I had a lady tell me, um, they they were thanking her for like 20, 25 plus years of service, and she was thanking herself for what she was like, man, my she said, my body's breaking down and I'm, I'm hurting mm-hmm. all the time, and this stuff like that. Where you just for people, a lot of people just stay at these jobs down there, yeah. and for me, I always like I said, I, I don't feel like I can just do it because it's like, man. Even when I go to work now, I'm like, you know, I'm doing X, Y, and Z for this company, and none of the stuff in here is mine. Like, I don't own none of the stuff in here, and all I'm doing is help helping them out, which I, which I, I don't want to sound like I'm ungrateful, which I'm thankful to have a job. But at the same time, it's like it's just a stepping stone. It's just I, I don't want to just stay there forever. Yeah. 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 Because you work on it, working on yours, taking your money from your job, overtime, Absolutely. Yeah, like even while you're at the job, put it to promote you into like busy with the job. Yeah. And I had um this this was a crazy incident. I had um um actually last week I had the opportunity to cover uh, CIAA um with the Source magazine. So I went up there and it was just kind of like last minute. So I walked in and talked to one of the managers. This is my first time telling this story on camera. Yeah. And uh. So I went and talked to um, one of the supervisors, and he said he was he was fine with it. So he but he had to go talk to the the, the main man, the main lady there, and uh, so we went in and talked to her, and she said this won't be an everyday occurrence, every week occurrence. I was like, no, it was just something that just came up, and then right at the end she was like, just so you know, you gonna owe me some time or whatever, and I'm just like thinking to myself, I don't owe you nothing, like I don't owe you anything, but it's just like. That, that's that's one of the things that bothers me about sometimes not necessarily the job, sometimes the people that get in those positions yeah. and they just feel like they can control you and talk down on you in kind of way. Mm-hmm. That's an ass me before. Like, 
was working on Monday. And then uh, I actually was like trying to work two jobs at the time. And then I was telling the other day, like, I called the owner. And I was like, yeah, I'm trying to go to school. So I need to leave work early. So he told me, he's like, hey, you're going to have to make a decision. If you're going to go to school, or you're going to work here. So I, was about, I was younger then. I, I had to be like 21 and 22. And it was like 30 was minutes like, early. Hey, not late. Yeah, yeah. Like, absolutely. Like 30 minutes like, yeah. 4 o'clock. And I'm trying to get to the other job, but like on the other side of town. Mm-hmm. So I can work in two jobs. And he said that. It just like, so it clicked in my head. And I was like, yo, this is crazy. I was like, I felt like I was like in kind of slavery. Yeah. Like, exactly. But it's I, like, it's different stuff. Like, they got a click in you. Mm-hmm. And it, and it's always like I pay attention to those little small things, like you were saying. That, that lets me know, okay, I know this. I can't stay here. Like I know, yeah. like eventually it's gonna come a time where I'm just gonna have to like just break away from it because it's just it's like I just don't feel like I can just do it to where somebody's just controlling me all the time. And that's like for me, I, it's it's about for me, it's about you know having the freedom to and creating opportunity for other people and, yeah. and building them up. Uh-huh. And I just feel like. Um, there's nothing wrong with having a job, but it, to a certain extent, a job doesn't give you that freedom to do those things that, that you want to do. Um, what well, um, What is your favorite part for you guys? Favorite part about being an entrepreneur? Um, now, probably, <laughs> probably the money. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, we're not about to do that. We, we did all this work before because even if somebody don't come in, guess who about to come in? Right. Me, I'll put the stand up on and tell them I have to go back in right. several times. You know, so we want to have it. It's like having our own flexibility. So now we only open like most of all the restaurants close Monday and Tuesday. Some of them are closed on Sunday. So on Sunday, being the um, have our own flexibility. First of all, we don't over, want to overburn the staff. So now, right. like, Y'all only got four days to get here, so it shouldn't be too many times. Like, y'all three days every single week. You know, we all don't want to have the responsibility of having like double shifts and oh, somebody got to work overtime and they'll put their burn people out. They burn me out when I, you know, you have to do it. So, that's one of my favorite things is not being able to have the flexibility to mm-hmm. create our own hours. So, uh, Watching the cameras, bro. <laughs> watch the cameras all the time. <laughs> I, don't know, I, I, I like the. I watch the cameras. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they work so well. Everybody do what they're supposed to yeah. do. All right, I like to see. Um, I guess I just like to see people come in and even work the job and do their thing. Like, it bothered me. It, it bothered me a lot. If I see somebody come, and they ain't making no progress. Right, right. I mean, like, yo, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And then I begin on them, like, yo, you need to be doing this, doing that. You need to be moving ahead, because looking like, I think everybody, it's a part of life cycle. You need to be moving ahead. If you stay the same, the same thing over and over again, like, yo, what are you doing? What are you doing? Exactly, absolutely. So, I mean, I like I like to see, um, it helps people, like, I guess, you know, get more in their life. Without having to be like a slave, mm-hmm. so, like I'm being in twenty four hours a day, stuff like that, like typical mm-hmm. restaurants, typical businesses, like they run, they run people in the ground. Absolutely, yeah. burn out. Now let's let's flip it around. The the uh, favorite part about being an entrepreneur, what would you say is like the most stressful part? Employees, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it's like it's actually like I call it like a 
the babysitting service. Yeah. Like you gotta, you pretty much nurse here and teach them right from the bottom all the way to yeah. to you get to certain positions. You gotta make sure you watch everybody or anything. Everybody don't come in with good intentions. And so how you, what you offer them, everybody was great. I found out when I had the restaurant stuff, everybody's not motivated by making money. Everybody don't like to make money. You just, yeah, weird. Yeah. So, to yeah. me, it's like, yo, how can you not want to make money? But yeah, like you gotta find out like different people's on what you got going on, and then they come in That's and work with them. That's another thing. Oh yeah. When we have people think that we put the cameras in well, because we have people that I mean, just, I mean, I guess they be working through like all kind of trickery, you know, like oh, I mean, they left out this, so now we got the cameras from the back to the front. Yeah, because oh, I left my life tell the food is the fake fry, yeah, fake $800 bills. That's crazy. They come in. Then they argue about it, too. Like, we mm-hmm. had somebody, like, she was going to call the, the head of Charlotte over us because we asked for ID. We have to ask for ID. It's five times. It's taxes and time. Why you ask for ID? It's discrimination. I'm like, look, just bring your ID. Exactly. <laughs> you know, that's, that's all you got to do. It went yeah, on they, and on they, and on. They charge you, like, they don't think about that stuff don't they don't care it. about it they're complaining about like And we talk about this also um, a lot of times people with a black business, people try to, like you said, they try to get those discounts. Do you feel like it's the same way? Like they want to like always look for like yeah. a handout, like or just want you to mm-hmm. hook them up all the time? It is. Somebody else, mm-hmm. they wouldn't negotiate. Yeah, yeah. like about the ID thing. They wouldn't yeah. even mention it. You wouldn't even go there for writing yeah. official letters and everything else. Yeah. You probably made a photocopy and give it to me. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, sir, these people come in like giants. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, they think you knew. A lot of times people just find out about it. They think you knew. So they think, oh, I can go and try this. Mm-hmm. You got policies already been set for it. You know, they almost, what, four years now? Mm-hmm. Four years. So, yeah. It's like everything just set in stone before you walk in that door. Absolutely. Yeah, so that, and that's what bothers me. Like, we always, our people try to get, I want to say it's always our people, but a lot yeah. of times it, it is, it's, it's like your yeah. own people that, that always try to try to get over. 
No. Just a few few more questions and we'll get ready to wrap it up. Okay. Is there anything that you guys feel like looking back on it on your journey you would do differently? No, I mean I'm gonna say the same thing. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. we could take more probably more commercial properties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's cheap. Mm-hmm. It's like a good time about residential. Yeah, ain't no nothing about that. Residential, so I feel like you guys have so much knowledge about real estate. They could be like a whole separate interview one day. But um speaking of that, do you got have you guys Thought about offering like some kind of like real estate class because you guys have so much real estate. Have you ever thought about something like that? Possibly. I thought about doing a class of some stuff, but I got a program. Like I've been working with business uh, owners like Marrow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, pretty much people who teach their business ideas to me, and then I teach them how to start it. And the LLC get everything up and running. Mm-hmm. How to go in and they work in a job. How to go in get financing. Credit cards of your own, build up your own credit, use your credit cards, and right. want to get a small loan from the bank, stuff like that. So I'm working with um, a couple um, businesses right now um, to start a business and run a business. Um, real estate, a lot of people hit me up, they used to be asking me questions. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. so, uh, yeah, you I always try to tell them just buy it. You know, buy real estate. Just buy it. Uh, yeah. Buy low. Mm-hmm. Buy low. Like, that's how you win. Absolutely. Um, I'm, I don't remember if I asked you this, but um, when how did you know when it was time to you know go from like one business like um to three of them start start branching out to get those other three the three um three. We came from real estate because mm-hmm. we was driving around, we just driving around like we had buildings like So you ready to let it go. Yeah, it was oh, man. So so you don't worry about, you know, when you, when you buy a building, um, like as far as like running a business, do you worry about taking that hit at first or you just go ahead and just go all in, buy the business, uh, buy the real estate and then open up, open up the business? Do you worry about the business not being as successful as your other ones? Well, we we worry about it. One thing we say, of course, all of them make different amounts. Like the ones in small cities make significant amount less. But on real estate, so worse from the worst. Like we've got another building that we own. We started the restaurant. It didn't really work out. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I, you know, I felt like it was a failure. It was like we couldn't buy it for. Like we gotta rent it out now. Right, right now. Now and it's commercial. Yeah, we're not in money. Yeah, we got to deal with the headache. We just get the money every month. So once you're on the building, like, if it's sale, it's sale. Rent out to somebody else. And they after you do it, they drive and they go do it. That's good to me. I definitely want to talk about this before we get
brought up failure. Talk about failure a lot because you know a lot of people, like you said, when you look online, you see everybody winning. But a lot of entrepreneurs say they go through something to where they may fail at first and then they learn from it and then finally things pick up. Can you talk about um, like things that you had to learn from, like your failure, like some of your businesses that didn't work out? Can you talk about some of those? Yeah, so, like I said, we had the one restaurant, Chinese restaurant. We wanted to have like the first black Chinese restaurant. But to find the people to be able to cook the food, um, get coming in to work, but that didn't have to get three restaurants. Yeah, the whole brand. So it's like, this time we're just really traveling. There's a lot of like, this and that. Okay. Yeah, so that one, that one, I guess you said that we had to close it down, but like I said, a month later, we were able to bring the building back out. Um, he had a sneaker business. Yeah, just a sneaker business. And then, um, it's like the first so online boutique. Yeah, that's just back in like 2009. Yeah. Yeah, we were trusting sneakers, things like that. Mm-hmm. And then, um, ended up, like I was on a dub show tour, everything. Mm-hmm. So I was doing a lot of online sales and everything. And then I started getting like harassed by people coming. Yeah. Uh-huh. So mm-hmm. they ended up closing it down. Let's, let's pause for one quick second and we'll be right back. This is the okay. Cross Line Podcast. Welcome back to the Cross Line Podcast. Um, before we get out of here, what advice would you have for other entrepreneurs? Um, the answer to everybody, you work your job and you start a business, keep working your job. But work on your business a lot. Don't, don't get lazy. Don't be comfortable. You know, I get comfortable. Don't be comfortable. Even though you got your own business, you can't get comfortable. It's just chill because comfortability is going to kill you because you never know what can happen. Yeah. And I would say, um, not listen. They say if I even had a manager when I was like, oh, so I get people, hey, we're going to come out here to a truck. They got these, you know, the biggest company everybody knew about. Why? Why don't, don't do that? I still learn so much from saying with you guys and other entrepreneurs. And one of my things I, I like to tell people now, 
Um, it's actually one of the chapters in my book that I'll be releasing soon. It's kind of like run your run your own run your race. Oh, yeah. You know, don't worry about what other people are doing. For me, I, I had an issue sometimes. I was like, man, I see this person doing this. They bought a house or car and all this stuff. But I'm like, man, it's, I just have to wait my time. And I know what, what I'm trying to accomplish. So I always have to tell myself, you know, run your race because at the end of the day, everybody's got different goals and things that they want to accomplish. Exactly. So, yeah. you, gotta, you gotta look at it sometimes, though, because it's gonna motivate you. To be like, oh yeah, absolutely. Keep going. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people just sit and see like, oh man, it's gonna take forever to do it. But you gotta look at it like, yo, stay here, keep moving forward, keep moving forward every day. Like, absolutely. Know, I'm gonna do that tomorrow. Procrastination, it'll kill you. It'll kill you. So that's why we we definitely always try to stay consistent with our interviews. You know, we try to keep them coming. Um, yeah. I think we are, we're over uh, forty plus interviews now, over like thirty plus hours of content. So yeah, we've been doing it for a while, and it's a it's it's a uh, amazing journey. I have to share more with you, share more about it with you guys off camera. But let's get ready to wrap it up. I want to thank you guys again. Um, give you your flowers right here. We appreciate you guys. And, Thank you for what you're doing in your community as well, because a lot of times this stuff, like we say, is, doesn't get acknowledged. The only thing we see is like athletes and entertainers. So thank you guys for so much of what you're doing. And um, we're, we're happy to be here to support you guys. And um, before we get out of here, can you tell everybody how to find you guys on social media and how to find your restaurant? Um, this restaurant's on uh, Instagram, Mr. Three Scrappot with the number three in it. Uh, we're on Facebook, Mr. Three Scrappot, Seafood Takeout, their location. Uh, Mr. Peace Crab Pot, uh, is it Bar and Grill? But this location here. Then we got Mr. Peace Crab Pot Rock Hill. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Mr. and Mrs. Brown. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast episode. So until next time, keep chasing dreams. This is Crossing Line Podcast. Thank you for listening.